BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts, Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sixer Sense Podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Chris here again, we got Uriah of course. Hey guys, now we know who the Sixers are playing, are you guys ready for it? Yeah, very, very excited. How, how is everyone's week so far? Week is good, thanks for asking. On cloud nine right now, the players are finally here and it's full speed ahead. I'm doing good. I'm pretty excited about this matchup, too. I've already got, like, two articles in draft form, so I'm ready to go talk about this for sure. Yeah, me too. So we're just going to jump right in. Obviously, the Sixers are going to play the Washington Wizards in the first round of the playoffs. Washington pretty handedly beat Indiana in the playing game tonight. We're recording Thursday evening. So we're just going to talk about the regular season first, Lucas. 3-0 series sweep for Philly. They played him on opening night. They played him again about a week later. So two of those three games were very early in the season. Somewhat notable that the lowest point total for Philly in those three games was 113. Um, the highest was 141. So the Wizards' defense very clearly was not that effective in the regular season. It wasn't against most other teams either. That second game, obviously, pretty notable because Beal scored 60 and the Wizards still lost. But what were some of your big takeaways from the regular season matchup between these two teams? Well, this is going to be a quick preview for uh, our listeners. I don't know if this podcast will get out before this article. Probably not. But if it does, I'm writing. I'm currently writing about how Joel Embiid will dominate this series. In 30 minutes per game in those three series, he averaged 30 points per game. And that was, I believe, two of those games were with their primary starter, Thomas Bryant, before he went down with the ACL injury. Uriah, you might want to double-check me on that second game because I'm not sure. My point is, is that Joel Embiid is playing against basically three backup centers and Alex Lynn, who has been a bust from being a top-five pick to is kind of like a stopgap starter now. You got Robin Lopez, who is pretty good defensively but past his prime. And then you have Daniel Gafford, young, promising center. I like him, but he's not there defensively yet. And he's still, what, only in his second year? Joel's going to have a feast in the post. And I expect that to be the main feature of why the Sixers win this series. Thomas Bryant did play that second game, Lucas. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I couldn't remember for sure, but that's what I thought. 
Some some good points, Lucas. I, I, I do think this is going to be a pretty easy series for Joel. Um, Washington does, as you mentioned, have three big bodies, which is more than some other teams in the East can say, but they aren't they aren't the most intimidating of, of big bodies. I don't think Joel will have any problems. I, I think Lopez is pretty easily the best Embiid defender on that team. For sure, I, I don't. I, I don't anticipate him like shutting Joel down. So no, he he might he might make a, a couple of post ups harder because he is a very good post defender. He, he between him and his brother, when they came out, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but he was the highly toted defensive one, and then Brook was more of the offensive one. Now Brook's gotten much better on defense, granted, but Lopez, you know, Robin's still no joke, and he's not yeah. a slouch. Scoring the ball in the post, but his post game is not really something that teams should be relying on on a regular basis. Yeah, and Embiid can do so much in space now. He's done so much this season that Lopez is, is going to struggle against. So I'm I'm not too worried. I mean, the Wizards again are a very poor defensive team. They are right now starting Howell Neto, Russell Westbrook, and Bradley Beal in the backcourt. None of those three guys are good defenders. Uh, Rui Hachimura, not a good defender. They're basically starting five below-average defenders, depending on how you view Alex Lynn. So I, I don't think the Sixers' offense is going to have the trouble that it might have in later series. And defensively, Philly is a huge step up from Indiana or, you know, the Boston even. Yeah. So the, the Wizards haven't seen anything like this in the play-in tournament. I'm not worried about defending Russell Westbrook. I, I'm hoping Doc puts Ben on Bradley Beal. That's something he kind of shied away from in the regular season. I think. I, actually, I would disagree on that, but we'll talk about that more later because we have a later section that we're going to be talking about with that. But I, I disagree mm-hmm. with that, that assessment, and I'll tell you okay. why later. All right, well, let's move on then, and we can maybe get into it. Yeah, for sure. So – Comparing and contrasting these two teams, Chris, and I think we're, we're all going to be on the same page here when we talk about this, but which team do you think has the better starting lineup and why, Chris? I think I know your answer, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope it's everyone's answer. Even even the people in Washington should probably have this answer. It, it's Philly. I mean, the Sixers have easily the best player in the series. They probably have the third best player Maybe the fourth best player, probably not, but we, we can get into that. Uh, it, it's Philly. Um, they've just been a more cohesive and effective unit all season. Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are going to have their big nights, Beal especially, but at the end of the day, again, it's Howell Neto. Is, uh, as much as I love him and as much as I have like advocated for him on this podcast, should not be starting on a playoff team. Rui Hachimura is not quite there yet. Um, very promising player, but still very raw. And again, Alex Lynn was cut earlier in the season from from Toronto, so I, I'm not really worried about their starting five. Let's break down the starting five because for a while they had uh, Garrison Matthews, who's a sharpshooter. They had him in the starting five. I thought that made more sense than Neto, to be completely honest with you. I get that Neto's a solid defender for his position, and you can have Rusp guard either twos or threes. Same thing with Beal. But that's a really undersized, uh, you know, backcourt slash perimeter group. Hachimura has good athleticism, is a decent scorer, but as you noted, hasn't really developed on the defensive end. I blame that more on the coaching staff than him because that coaching staff just hasn't really emphasized defense. So, yeah, I don't know why Neto's starting. Uh, You know, they drafted Denny Aviad uh, 
Correct me if that's not the correct way of saying that, Chris, but... Um, Avdia. I was pretty close. Okay, cool. Um, so, they had him, and I thought he was more of a tweener, closer to a four than a three. And then you also have Hachimura, who's also a four right now in his career. I think he could become a three, but... So you can't really start those two together. They're not great three-point shooters, neither one of them. And you definitely need more three-point shooting when you have Russ in the game. And you start at a center. Yeah, well, well Abdi is hurt, so he's just not going to play. Oh, is he hurt? I didn't even know that. So that's, well, that even hurts their case even more. They need more three-point shooting. And Davis Bertans, who was hot last year, has been very cold from the three-point line this year. So not cold, but he hasn't been nearly as efficient or scary after getting that payday. Russell Westbrook, most athletic point guard of all times. I think that's fair to say. Bradley Beal is an NBA superstar, second in the league in scoring this year. Outside of that, they they have these every other guy would be a reserve or even like end of the bench guy in their starting five and their primary backups. So my next thing is who has the better bench? Yeah, I mean again it it's the Sixers. Washington does not have a very deep team. They're a bit of, you know, a, kind of a motley crew of of uh, you know, guys who, who are... We don't want to say um, NBA rejects. You, you don't want to say NBA rejects, but that's that's what you're trying to say about being, being played. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I do agree that there's a good chance Neto isn't in the starting five and that they change things up for this series because the Sixers are a much bigger team and I, I don't really know who Ross or Neto would defend in that situation. So they, they might put someone in like Garrison Matthews again, but even, even so, um, like, like Ishmael... He's only, he's only 6'5", by the way. Yeah, like like Ishmith is fun. I like Davis Bertans quite a bit. Daniel Gafford and Robin Lopez are, are good backup centers. I think the Sixers have a more versatile group of players on both sides of the ball. I think George Hill really helps um, the Sixers case here. We, we know how important Matisse could be in one of these series. Um, you know, Dwight Howard has proven himself a pretty solid backup center in his own right. And then, you know, you got Shake Furk on and maybe... We get some Tyrese Maxi minutes, maybe we don't, but I think the edge goes to Philly. Breaking news, Sixers fans. This public service announcement is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Their advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped work with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure that your family jewels are as safe as possible. What makes this trimmer so different than other trimmers? First, a new multi-function on-off switch can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel. Next, the optimized Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof, so you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor. Did I mention charging? The Lawnmower 4.0's new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. And now, back to the podcast. Yeah, so yeah, I totally agree. The L- Lopez-Gafford duo is great. Most teams would like to have a three-headed monster, uh, not monster, but three-headed rotation at the center position. And, 
you know, but outside of that, the, the wing depth on this Wizards team is quite frankly really sad. And they gave up, who was it, Troy Brown Jr. to the, uh, was it the Pistons? He was old. Who was it? Chicago. Chicago. He was a good player for them in years past. Now, I know he was having a down year this year, but he he was one of their better defenders. I will say, I, I think Chandler Hutchinson, who they got back, has been playing some pretty solid basketball. So I, I don't yeah. I don't think they really lost much there. Okay. Well, still, Chandler Hutchinson has was basically a bust in Chicago before he went to the Wizards. Well, you could say the same about Troy Brown. He, he wasn't doing great. Yeah. Well, I guess both of them needed to change scenery. But going to the Sixers, I think we'll see a lot of Maxi in this series. The Wizards aren't particularly big. You can play a smaller guy against Bertans, and Bertans is not going to make you, you know, pay for it. I almost guarantee we will see the four guard lineup in this Wizards match, a four guard bench unit with, you know, Maxi, Hill, Shake, Forkon, and Dwight. I we're going to see that in this series. I have no doubt on that. Yeah, I, I think that if they're going to play Maxi at all in the playoffs just to see if he sinks or swims with the bright lights on, this is the series that Doc needs to do it. And I hope he gets some run. I, I think he'll be effective. There's definitely room for Maxi to maybe get some minutes here and to prove his mettle. I, I wrote about it before the, the season ended. Like, like Maxi's been playing pretty strong basketball this past month or so. He looks like someone who maybe deserves a, a chance in the playoffs. He gives the Sixers a dynamic in the half court that no other, one else on this roster can really provide. We may just have to wait till next season for him to really burst onto the scene. But I, I do think there's a chance, Lucas. And frankly, there's a good chance some of these games are blowouts. And that'll just mean garbage time for Maxi. So I, I do think we'll see some some Tyrese Maxi. Let, let me ask you this, Chris, real quick before we move on. This past month, as we both agree, Maxi has been lighting it up. Do you think he's outplayed Shake Milton? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would immediately trust him more than Shake in this series, but uh, he has been the more entertaining player to watch. He's probably been the better player, just straight up. All right, so last question before we move on to our next section, but I want to ask you this. And this, yet again, seems like a pretty easy answer, but who has the better head coach and why? Yeah, I, I think it's pretty easily Doc Rivers, like you said. Um, I, I don't want to take anything away from Scott Brooks. I think he's a fine head coach. You know, he's has the reputation that he has for a reason, um, but he's been on the hot seat for a minute now in Washington, also for a reason. I don't know if he's anything more than, like, a bare minimum, like, average run-of-the-mill head coach at this point. Um, Doc has won a championship, has, has coached some really great teams, one of the greatest coaches of his generation. I mean, Washington has been a really good offensive team these past couple of seasons. Doc Rivers is historically a very good offensive coach as well. The difference here, obviously, is Philly's, Philly's defense. Some of that credit goes to Dan Burke, who has done a really great job in the assistant coaches group for Philly this year. But the Wizards, they, they, A, they don't have the personnel, and B, I, I don't think Scott Brooks is the most flexible and, you know, innovative head coach. I think he's drawn some criticism for kind of doing the same things over and over again with different personnel and different scenarios or maybe change is the more advisable path. Um, like we heard earlier in the season, when Russ got there before the season, he was talking about how they were running a lot of the same plays and calling them the same things as, as he once did in OKC. And I don't know if that's exactly an ideal 
way to go about coaching. So I, I think the answer is Doc Rivers. The answer is Doc Rivers. You're right. But I do want to give Scott Brooks some love because he did get to an NBA Finals as a young head coach with the Thunder. Granted, he had probably one of the most dynamic trios that had yet been discovered before, you know, Thunder decided not to pay the luxury tax. Then got fired from there eventually. And I think that was just because his he, his tenure just ran out. Like, his voice became stale, so they had to move on. But then he came to the Wizards. They've been horrendous defensively. There's no excuse for that. I mean, Thomas Bryan is a defensive center, but still. I, I mean, I think there is an excuse, is that that front office just hasn't put a very good group of players on the floor. They don't have many defenders. That, uh, I think that's not all on him. I mean, yeah. I, I, well, I was about to say that 90% of defense is effort, too. So, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, he, he can coach offense. They had one of the best offenses last year when Isaiah Thomas was running point, And, you know, he's not even in the league now, even though I love IT. But it, it is what it is. You know who is? Starting for the Wizards? I don't I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to <laughs> yeah, hear it. We don't want to hear it. I, I agree, Lucas. I, let me just say one thing about Scotty Brooks. I think when things were looking most bleak for that team, they could have just packed it in. But I think the competitive nature of Russell Westbrook and I think uh, obviously Bradley Beal, they got it together. And Chris had the numbers right in terms of the record post-All-Star break. And Scotty Brooks, like you said, Lucas, he coached in the finals, and it wasn't his fault that they didn't want to pay the luxury tax to keep that trio together. Don't sleep on this team. Numbers in the regular season mean nothing because once the playoffs start and each possession becomes more valuable and the pressure's on, we got to wait and see how it turns out. I, I know we're going to get to predictions in a minute, but I just think Scott Brooks deserves a little more credit. Yeah, for sure. But – um I don't think Scott Brooks is a head coach to sleep on. I think he's an average, maybe a slightly above average. I think you give him a better roster, like you said, Chris. He can do more with it. And, I mean, granted, he did – he got the – granted, this was mostly Westbrook, but let's give Brooks credit where where it's due because he got – he helped get the Wizards to where they are after being decimated by COVID. So I got to give him some credit there. But, yes, Doc Rivers is clearly the better head coach. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to – take anything away from Scott Brooks. I think he's a more than fine head coach, but Doc is one of the best of the best. Maybe not the best, but he's up there. I will say I I would give more credit to Beal for where they're at. I don't think it was mostly Russ necessarily. I think Beal is pretty easily the best player on that team still. So, Well, let's. I'm just going to say this. Beal was playing like this all season long whenever he wasn't out. Westbrook was injured. Like, he was dealing with some major injuries. Like, we thought, we all thought he was washed. I mean, gosh, when I was doing my point guard rankings in the beginning of the season, I had him, like, 21st, 22nd, because I thought he was washed. Hmm. But, no, he's not washed, obviously. He's still playing at a high level. I mean, there's still the easy way to stop. There is a way to stop Russ, which I'm going to get into this next part here. But when he was able to pick it up and they got healthy and he got healthy, that's when they got going. And... They are where they are, and I think he's a big part of it. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. And, you know, I get it that Beal's the second-best scorer in the NBA. I'm not taking that away from him. But, Chris, they have he has the worst record among players that have multiple 40-point games of when he scores over 40. He has a really bad record. 
So it's not, I'm not trying to, you know, say that he's bad. That's not what I'm saying. But him going off scoring is not the reason why. I think Russ's overall game and, you know, them being healthy and Russ being healthy is the reason why that they got where they are. So before we move on to the next topic, I do have some team stats that'll help guide the next discussion. And this will definitely be helpful for listeners who don't really follow the Wizards. I mean, who does outside of D.C.? So if we look at their stats team-wise, they're 30th in the league, dead last in points allowed. The Wizards gave up 118 points per game this past season, guys. In terms of scoring, you would think, oh, they probably scored off the charts. Well, Beal was definitely a high-volume scorer, uh, as well as Westbrook with his assists and, and his points, but they're only 22nd in points per game. Three-point percentage, they were 22nd. Nothing nothing to be impressed by. Defense is even worse, guys. They were 17th in the league in rebounds per game. They were 25th, 25th toward the bottom in blocks per game, 23rd in steals. So Sixers are probably, knock on wood, going to turn the ball over much, hopefully. Uh, the only bright spot that I found was they were 9th in the league in assists per game. And we probably have Russbrook. Um, I can't say his damn name. We probably have Westbrook to thank for that. So there's some team stats for you guys. Thanks, Uriah. We're, we're going to move on here and kind of break down both sides of the ball. Um, we'll start with offense, Lucas. What do you think is the key to Philly's offensive execution against Washington? How do you think they're going to win this series on that side of the ball? Run, 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 and pound, pound, pound. It is that simple. When you get a fast break, run it. They don't have good transition defense. They don't. I mean, Westbrook is a good defender, but outside of that, he is no, not a good defender. He he can he can guard his. He de- can be, but he is very often not. Okay, yeah, they're not a good transition team defensively. So you run it. The Sixers have the personnel to run. You have Ben. You have Seth. You have Danny Green. You have. Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton, Fork on Corkmaz. You run it in transition. Ben goes to the basket, either gets a layup or kicks it out for a three-pointer in transition. You do that, and then, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, you pound the ball with Joel Embiid in the half court. It is that simple. Now, I will say one other matchup offensively that I'm going to be looking at is Tobias Harris. Because as you know to Chris, Rui Hachimura is not a good defender. And... In the past two seasons, when Tobias has played for the Sixers in the playoffs, he's just not looked good. He's averaging 15 points per game on really bad shooting. So I think this is a f- great first round for him to get, you know, some confidence, you know, get in a rhythm scoring. You know, he's had a, he'll have a week off when the series starts. That's what he needs. He needs rest. I think this is the ideal matchup for. Tobias to go off in and that, but my main idea is to run and pound the ball inside and make open threes. It's that simple. They're 23rd in the league in transition defense, but on transition offense, they're actually number one. Yeah. That, that, that's a scary thing. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that the Sixers are, I, we all know that they've been working on that this past week. Right. That's something that Doc Rivers has wanted to work on, but yeah, transition offense for the Wizards is going to be that one area that they're going to be able to keep in these games during this series. If the Sixers don't lock down. 
I, I agree, Lucas. I The Wizards, again, are, are very, very poor defensive team. I don't think there's any one matchup that scares me. I really don't know who Russ is going to guard here. I mean, he's not going to chase Seth around screens. He has a very notorious tendency to fall asleep off the ball. And if he's guarding Danny Green, Danny will just backdoor cut him to death. So I, I don't know who Russ is going to guard. Uh, Beal, again, do you really want him chasing Seth? You probably put Beal on Danny. But e- either way, there's really just not a good series of matchups here for Washington. They don't really have a, a great path to defending the Sixers. Philadelphia is not a great offensive team by any stretch. They're like 13th what, in the league in offensive efficiency. They're, they're not great, but the Wizards are, are very poor. I don't think the Sixers will have too much problems, too many problems as far as execution. Now they need to keep the turnovers down because, as you mentioned, if Washington is getting out in the open court and running, then that's going to be their ticket to, to keeping in these games. But as long as the Sixers can execute and can keep those turnovers down and win their individual matchups, which they should be able to do, I, I don't think Washington's going to have much of a chance there. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're going to move on now and talk about stopping Washington's offense. What do you think the keys there are, Lucas? How do the Sixers go about keeping, as you mentioned, this great transition offense and a potentially a pretty potent half-court offense with Bradley Beal in check? So, remember in the beginning of the podcast, Chris, I said that I wouldn't put Ben Simmons on Bradley Beal? Mm-hmm. I would put him on Russell Westbrook. And you know why? We saw why in that Celtics game. Brad Stevens put Jason Tatum on Russell Westbrook, and he had a bad night shooting. I mean, he ended with 20 points, but it was not efficient. Russell Westbrook is the key to getting the other Wizards players involved. You put a bigger body on him. He can't finish around the rim easy. And then you sag off of him. Make him beat you with this three-pointer. If he beats you with the outside shot, you live with it. But let me tell you, you put Ben, a bigger body on him, who can keep in front, pick his pocket, because Westbrook does not have the cleanest dribble, and Ben is more than capable pickpocket. You do that, you put Danny Green, Matisse Thibel, you rotate them on Bradley Beal, you live with the consequences there, because like I said, Bradley Beal can go off for 40 and the Wizards will still lose. If you cut off Westbrook, all those assists... The offense doesn't, you know, run smoothly. You stop them in transition with Ben. It just makes life so much easier for the rest of the Sixers because they don't have to worry about guarding, you know, players getting easy shots from Westbrook penetration because Ben's going to be able to defend it. That's my thought on it. How much? How much is that injury to Bradley Beal? Is it hamstring? Linger? You think it's going to linger and impact him against the Sixers? I, I I mean, it impacted him. I, I don't remember the exact box score from t- tonight, but when I did check in on the game, he was shooting, what, 5 of 12 from the field? I mean, it might it's a hamstring injury, so he's not going to be nearly as ex- explosive, so it might make him more of a jump shooter. I, I mean, hamstrings don't – the best way for them to heal is just that you don't use them, but he's using it, so it's not going to heal. Yeah. And – so, yeah, I think it will impact him a little yeah. bit. He he shot 9 for 17. He had 25 points. He was a plus 18. So, yeah, it looks like he had a, an efficient night, 4 for 7 from 3. Okay. Yeah. 
Lucas, I, I, I understand your Westbrook point. I, I certainly think that's fair. That's pretty much what Doc did for long stretches of the regular season matchup. Um, I mean, I think I'm frankly just less worried about Westbrook being someone who can take over a game at this point. Uh, I, I think Danny Green or, or Tobias even, or, you know, is more than capable of standing 10 feet back and trying to keep him out of the paint. I, I don't think Westbrook is going to single-handedly win them a lot of games with his scoring. Um, Beal has that ability still. I think he's easily the most dangerous offensive player there. I, I mean, again, Doc clearly didn't agree with me in the regular season. We're probably going to see that with, with Ben on, on Russ, and I agree that Tatum did a very good job on Westbrook and has certainly benefited the Celtics in that game. But I, I think Beal is still the most dangerous scoring weapon on that team. I, I think you take your chances with Danny on Russ, and if you know things aren't going your way, if Russ is able to get going downhill, then maybe you switch things up. But Beal is is that is their best player. And I tend to want to put Ben on the best player you can. I think he's more than capable of shutting Beal down. Maybe you have stretches where Ben and Matisse get to play together and you put Matisse on Beal, but I I, I would stick with Ben and be on Beal if, if, if it were me. Well, I'll say this, Chris, to counter your point here. Yes, Bradley Beal is the most potent scorer on that team. There's no denying that. But Westbrook is the player that gets everybody else involved. And on top of that, while, yes, I'm not worried about Westbrook clinching a game for you at the end of the game because I don't think he's a clutch player when it comes to shooting the ball at the end of the games. He's just not. But you want to, you don't want to give Russ – you don't want to have him start getting hot because once he gets hot, it's pretty hard to stop him. But if you keep him cold – and this is where I agree with you know Doc Rivers during the season – just, just don't let him get started. Just don't let him make Beal be the only person that beats you. Because when Russ wasn't there last year, they were one of the worst teams in the NBA. So take Russ out of the equation. They're not that good. And I'm not saying that to, you know, defame Bradley Beal. But he himself alone is not enough. And the rest of the team, I mean, the only other offensive threat that consistently would be Rui Hachimura, who's averaging... I believe, 13 to 14 points a game. I'm not worried. No. You make Beal beat you. You shut down Russ because Russ gets everybody else involved. And I'm not saying that Beal's not a good passer, but he's not. A, he doesn't improve the players around him to the level that Russ does. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see it. I, I certainly think you have a point. And we're, we're just going to end things here before we get into our brackets. Lucas, what's your final prediction for this series? Who wins and in how many games? I think it's a sweep. I wanted to say one game because I was like, maybe Russ can get him one. But I think a rested Sixers who's been working on the transition defense. I think Tyrese Maxey's going to show out in this series. I, I don't think the Wizards have a chance. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I might just say five games because I'm generally pretty hesitant to predict sweeps because anything can happen. And like you said, Westbrook and Beal are capable of winning them a game. Um, it could happen, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the Sixers beat them when Beal scored 60 during the season. So I certainly think there's a bit, there's a pretty large swath of area that Washington would have to cover in order to, to take a game from them. I, I think it's a pretty lopsided series. The Wizards, for all their hot second half offense and whatnot during the season, still finished four games under 500. This is not a great basketball team. 
uh, as great as Russ and, and Beal have been individually of late, there are so many holes on this roster that just are not present on Philadelphia's roster. The Sixers are a much more cohesive, well-built, well-built team. They have by far still the best player in Embiid. So, and, and I mean, defense is even more important in the playoffs than it is in the regular season. Washington is, again, a crappy defensive team, whereas the Sixers are, are a very good defensive team. Maybe, arguably, the best defensive team right up there with Utah in the playoffs. So, I'm I'm going to say Sixers and five, but I, I think a sweep is very possible. I think that's fair. But, Chris, now we're going to go, and just for the fun, fun of it, we're going to go predict our brackets for the playoffs this year. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. Okay, cool. So let's start out in the East. We're going to start with the first round in the East. Who do you have? Uh, you're right. Do you want to actually mediate this so that we can just both give our you know predictions just straight up and move along? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, cool. Okay, all right. So let's just go first round. And then we'll go second round and obviously to the conference finals and then NBA finals. We'll go with the East. Uh, you guys gave your predictions already about the Sixers and Wizards. So let's go to the next matchup, the four versus five playoff matchup between the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks. Chris? I'm going to say Hawks in six. All right, Lucas? Knicks in seven. Ooh. Ooh. I like the Knicks. Yeah. I, I I think they're I think the Hawks are just a little bit young in their core. And I just trust Tom Thibodeau to get to the second round whenever he's coaching, except when Derek Rose tears his ACL. So Oh jeez, man. You're yeah, so yeah. Pretty gruesome there, buddy. <laughs> I mean oh, it man. did happen in our series too. I felt Yeah, bad. against the Sixers. Uh, yeah, don't don't sleep on Clint Capello though. I think that guy I mean, is, yeah, he he's good. He's tough. He's good, but I, I, I mean, Nerlens Noel is underrated as the defensive center. Let's be real. He, sh- he you got a real love affair with this guy, man. Do you got I his mean, jersey in your closet hanging up somewhere? I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next game on Saturday. I can't wait. You have the Bucks versus the Heat. This is a big series, guys. Chris, who do you think is going to come out on top? I'm going to say Bucks in five. Okay. I'm going for the upset. Heat in seven. Oh, God. Okay. Let's go. All right. Brooklyn and Celtics. Uh, Nets sweep. Nets sweep. Yeah, that's, that's pretty easy there. Okay. All right, let's go to the Western Conference. We have Utah versus either Golden State or Utah versus Memphis. Chris, do you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll i give it to the Warriors. I, I don't think it really matters. I think Utah wins the series in four or five either way. But I'll say Warriors make it in Utah in five. I also have Warriors making it, and I will say Utah in six. And the reason why is because Donovan Mitchell's coming off of a bad injury. So he's not fresh. He's going to need to get his rhythm. And I just can't see Steph Curry not getting at least one or two games by himself. So I'm going to say Utah in six, but it's going to be a fun series to watch. Okay, how about the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks? Uh, I'll say Clippers in five. Is Porzingis healthy? I think I think he's been playing lately. I don't know how healthy he is, but he's been playing toward the end of the season. 
I'll say Clippers and six. All right. And let's go on to a really good matchup here. Some really, really great players in this next series. Obviously, we have the uh, lock-in for MVP, which is Jokovic for Denver. And then Jokic. you have what, – what did I say, Jokovic? Yeah. I, I'm thinking about tennis right now. <laughs> All right. I, he is my so, favorite tennis player, so I'll give you that. Oh, my goodness. Jokic, right. So we have the Denver Nuggets versus the Portland Trailblazers. Chris? This is tough because Denver's so shorthanded right now, but I'll say Nuggets in seven. I thought he was going to say the Nuggets were so close to his heart. That's what I thought he was going to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, it's true because, you know, he does have this, you know, little affair with Jokic. Um, you know what? One team's healthy, one team's not. One team's missing their second best player, one team's not. It's a close one. Like, it's honestly coin flip for me. The Nuggets have the home court, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to go Nuggets just because it's hard to play in Denver. But I don't feel good about it. This next series, this is going to be a great series. We have the number two-seeded Suns and the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, look, I mean, I've gotten to the point where I realize these predictions don't really matter. I, I really want the Suns to win. <laughs> I think they've been the better team all year. I'm going to say Suns and seven. I'm just going to go for it. I, wow. I think Phoenix Good for you, it. Chris. Good for you. Okay. This is Chris Paul's moment. I'm just going to go for it. I think it's going to be Lakers and seven. And the reason why I think it's in seven games is because it's clear that LeBron's not healthy and they're going to hobble through the series. Though I think Anthony Davis, once I think he'll get his feet under him after two or three games and he's going to dominate. Uh, Aiden for the rest of the series. I mean, it's a close series, and if the Suns do win it, I would. I mean, I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked if you get the if you get what I'm saying. Look, LeBron is going to bring out every acting tactic that he learned while filming Space Jam too. So, you know he's blind now. <laughs> yeah, rolling around on the ground, he's missing one eye, right? That Space Jam trailer is, is very concerning. It doesn't look good. I, at I didn't even see the trailer. I just it saw looks, it. I beg to differ. Terrible. I think it looks pretty good, personally. I'm going to have to watch me. the trailer because I didn't see it yet. Yeah. All right, so let's go over. Let's do the second round, the semifinals. And there was a consensus. I think the only one you guys disagreed on was the Suns-Lakers series. So let's keep it consistent. We have the Sixers versus the Knicks in the second round. Who I, I no, no, no. He had Hawks. I yeah, had Knicks. Oh, you had Hawks? Yeah, we, we, we had some disagreements on both oh, okay. brackets. I missed that yeah. one. My bad. But I'll, I'll take Sixers and five over Atlanta. Okay. I'll take the Sixers and five over the Knicks. All right. And in the second round, on the I other, had the Heat. You had the Heat and Chris had the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so all right, but obviously the Nets came out for both you guys. So who are you guys yes. going with? Yeah, I'm going with Nets and seven over Milwaukee. I have the Nets and five over the Heat. The Eastern Conference Finals is set for you guys. All right, this if we go across to the West, we have the Jazz versus the Clippers. Who are you going with, Chris? I'll take the Clippers and six. Yeah, I'll take the Clippers and six as well. I think that's a fair assessment. Okay, and you both chose Denver, even though Lucas was on the edge there. 
And the discrepancy in the West was Lucas wanted L.A. thinks L.A.'s going to win, but Chris is going to go with the Suns. So, Chris, what do you think? I'm going to follow my heart and say Suns in seven. I, I don't even know how to respond to that. Um, <laughs> I don't. I, I will have the Lakers and in six. Eastern Conference Finals, our beloved 76ers are going to go up against the Nets, according to Chris and Lucas. But where do we go from there? Nets and six. Mm, Sixers and seven. Yeah, Lucas. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) You are a site expert for the Philadelphia 76ers, not like Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I guess you have a, a, I guess, more practical view. But anyway, let's go to the West. Uh, See, Chris has the Clippers versus the Suns. Okay. This hurts. Clippers and six. Ooh. And Lucas had Clippers Lakers. That that would be a great matchup in the conference finals. But I mean, health is a big factor on this one. Uh-huh. Um, you know what? Actually, I'm. Um, ah, uh, gosh. I kind of like Lakers. To... Just pick the Lakers. You know you want. Yeah, to let's, the yeah. Just yeah. Let's just do Lakers. <laughs> yeah. The let's... NBA will conspire. Just because they want to have Space Jam set up and boost the ratings for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be the Lakers for me and seven because I don't trust LeBron James' ankle right now, but okay. I still trust LeBron James. Okay, so for the NBA Finals, Chris has the Brooklyn Nets versus the LA Clippers, and who comes away with the trophy, Chris? <sighs> I will Clippers in seven. What? Wow. Well, no, it makes I I know I get where he's coming from. They have two elite perimeter defenders, actually three if you count Pat Beverly. Oh, the thing I don't know. I'm kind of worried about both of those teams holding up health wise over four series. But I'm I'm gonna say Clippers. Wait a minute. Doesn't Ty Lue coach the Clippers? He does. he does. Oh my god! There's no way this guy should get another ring. Oh my goodness! <laughs> he is so he just lucks out and goes to the best teams. Even when he was a player, he got a chance to play with Shaq and Kobe. But anyway, let me stop hating on Lou. Wow. Okay. Um, let's Don't go. Forget, I think you want to. I think you want another title with the Celtics in 08. You might have to. Just Google making that. it worse. Making it worse. I for mean. Right now. I, we can Google this real quick. No, no, it's not not that. I'm gonna important. Google. It. I'm I'm googling it just to see your hear your anguish because I can't see you, but I want to hear your anguish. <laughs> guys, you guys see what I'm dealing with out there in Sixerville? This guy's looking up Ty Lue stats. Well, we're trying to get to the NBA Finals, Lucas. My my. By the way, my my pick is with that matchup. I like the Sixers and in, in seven. Oh, wait a minute! You got the Sixers winning the championship. Yeah, I do. If they play the Lakers who aren't 100% healthy, yeah, I like it. I mean, what is Draymond Green or Anthony Davis going to do against Joel? So so the health thing doesn't factor into the Clippers series. Actually, I I almost changed my vote before I made that one for the Nuggets series because I was like, I don't know. But yeah, no. Okay. Lucas, you're my, you're my, you're now my favorite site I, expert. I, I, I should always be your favorite site expert. <laughs> I appreciate right, the optimism, Lucas. I, I, there's, there's no optimism. There's, there's straight up facts here. Oh no, 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 no. 
Sorry, no, Tyler Good. was not on Good. the the. Good. Don't give him he... any more credit. No Guys, more credit. Just know when the Lakers end up beating the Suns, it's gonna really break my heart. <laughs> Would you need a virtual hug because you live in? I don't know. I, I don't know why I followed my heart to the finals, conference finals, but didn't follow it all the way to the finals. I, I really wish it was Suns. Sixers, but it, why do you? Why are you? Is it because of Chris Paul or yeah, Devin Booker? Because of Chris Paul, he, he prays Chris Paul to win something. He prays to appoint God every night before he goes. To well, let me let me ask you guys this: Chris just Paul just win the championship. Let's just imagine for a second that the Suns didn't mess up the night, uh, the eighteen draft, and they got Luka Doncic. Imagine Luka, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul all together. That would be yeah, pretty I mean, scary. See, I. That team would win the West. <laughs> well, would Chris Paul even go there if Luke was there? Probably not. Who knows? They probably wouldn't either. I, I doubt it, but I think he's a good fit for them. Did you guys even care about my prediction? Uh, yeah, you can tell right, us. My God, I worked so hard for you guys. But anyway. We, we appreciate you. <laughs> no. uh, I have three simple words that's going to sum up the 76ers postseason. You guys ready for this? I think I know what it is, but go ahead. Fo, 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 baby, I'm going Moses Malone. Sweep to the finals. Let's bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy. You think they're going to sweep the Nets? Okay. Why not? Why Why not? not? Well, I mean, if Chris is saying that the the Suns are getting to the Western Conference finals, why not? Look, these guys, they haven't played much together. You know, they got bad health, bad hamstrings, bad hairlines. KD needs to get a brush. (laughs) Kyrie and James make up for it in the hairline department. <laughs> does James? Want. Does James? James has some. No. No. I don't know what he, he has going on. His, his, not, not, not to be rude, but his forehead's as big as Stephen A. Smith's. All right. Well, Kyrie <laughs> makes up for it. Kyrie's hair. Kyrie has a nice set of hair. Yeah. <laughs> Looks great. Kyrie does have good hair. I'll give him that. But KD needs to get LeBron's little Rogaine or whatever LeBron does. For his hair, because you know that hair don't always look on point. I don't know no. what LeBron does, because it looks much better than in the movies than it does when he plays. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and James Harden got big for him. the makeup and hair department. Yeah, exactly. Thinking the same thing. Um, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Six or Sense podcast. This is our last podcast before the games get started. Uh, so Lucas has has the Sixers going all the way. I have the Clippers, unfortunately, going all the way. We'll we'll see how things shake out. The Sixers they start on Sunday, correct, Ira? Yeah. Yes. 1 Sunday, one p.m. Yeah. Yep. In the Wells Fargo Center on Sunday. I'm very excited for playoff basketball to get started up. This is really my favorite time of year. So. Some good basketball on the horizon, some very exciting guests and topics coming up in the future. So I hope everyone continues to tune in. Wherever you are listening, leave a comment, leave a review, give us a five-star rating if you can. It would really help us out. Let us know what you like about what we're doing, what you dislike, what you want us to change, what you want us to talk about, anything. We will take it into consideration, and we will see you guys early next week. Thanks, everyone. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.